Hello, welcome to Rambling Ronnie's podcast. This is where I, Ronnie, talk about true crime, unsolved mysteries, and interject with any other random things I feel like talking about. Please look for me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to leave any comments or information you may have on whatever I am discussing. Today, I want to discuss the subject of a painting that was featured in a show called Museum Secrets. After watching the episode, I was so intrigued by the painting, its history, and the artist that I felt compelled to share. The painting I will be diving into is Le Radeau de la Meduse, or The Raft of Medusa, by French artist Théodore Géricault. This subject will involve French names and words, so please excuse any mispronunciation on my part. The enormous painting shocked the world when it was released due to its dark and twisted imagery and political impact. It features a wooden raft on the ocean, with many disheveled, maimed, and dead men on the raft. All are piled up until the eye reaches the top person, who is waving out to a barely visible ship in the distance. This painting was released in 1819, after years of Jericho using various equally dark inspirations to help him convey what he envisioned. Let's dive into the historical incident that inspired Jericho, and then we will look at Jericho himself to see how he came to capture this incredibly tragic and complex moment in history. Medusa was a French frigate that was launched in 1810. It took part in the Napoleonic Wars in the late stages of the Mauritius Campaign that took place from 1809 to 1811. After the fall of Napoleon, the Medusa was sent to Senegal to re-establish French occupation in June of 1816, captained by Viscount Hugues de Roy de Chamoret. Appointed by King Louis XVIII, Chamoret had not been to sea in 25 years and lacked the necessary experience needed. The ship itself contained 400 passengers, 150 of them being soldiers and the rest including settlers and the new governor of Senegal. In the Museum Secrets episode that features this painting, it is discussed how after this time many of the people on the ship had experienced hardships from being involved in the wars. This is an additional layer to the complexity of what happens next. June 17, 1816, the Medusa struck a sandbar near Senegal that caused the ship to run aground and it could not move. The ship had settled in the sandbar and could have potentially been freed if they had dumped the heavy cannons overboard, but the captain refused. Because of this, they were forced to leave the ship in lifeboats. Unfortunately, there were not enough lifeboats for all on board. The captain decided to have a carpenter build a raft out of parts and pieces of the ship, This raft ended up being 66 feet long and 23 feet wide and was put into the ocean with 147 people on board who had been left without a proper lifeboat. The size of this raft can be imagined as a tennis court made of wood. Status divided who went onto which vessel. Those who were left to go on the treacherous raft were those considered of a lower class and rank. The idea was to tow the raft by ropes tied to the lifeboats. However, This is when things began to become confusing and forever changes the course of the fate for those on the raft. As the lifeboats began towing the raft and making their way out to sea, it is reported that inexplicably one officer hacked at the rope holding the raft, setting the raft adrift to be abandoned at sea. It is also reported that this happened on multiple lifeboats, likely because the raft pulled at the lifeboats and risked the lifeboats to capsize. This has a small chance of being a sinister choice, or potentially one that was related to government corruption, but in all likelihood, it is because of the risk that this not well-planned raft contraption posed to the lifeboats. 
The raft was left adrift approximately 60 miles out to sea. Under the Sahara Desert sun, with sharks in the ocean around them, their harsh reality was compounded by no fresh access to water or food. The only supplies they were given included two barrels of wine, some barrels of water, and hard biscuits. This was the beginning of events that occurred on the raft over the next 13 days. Please be warned, some of the details are graphic and may be disturbing to hear. Use your discretion, and if you are uncomfortable, I completely understand if you cannot continue to listen. Day 1. I can't even begin to imagine the disbelief and shock that those on the raft were experiencing throughout the moments on the ship running aground, to then being forced onto this raft that became separated from everyone else. This all occurring on an ocean. The environment and situation at hand would have been so terrifying, and yet, that was just the beginning. It became apparent during the first day that this makeshift raft was just as dangerous as the perilous sea. Legs and body parts were getting caught in the shifting planks of wood, and this space being shared with 147 people is something that can only result in disaster. There are claims that 20 people died on the first night aboard the raft. Day 2. A violent storm happened that night, both in the sky as well as on the raft. A riot broke out and 60 more people were killed. Day 3. Almost half of the raft's occupants were dead at this point. One factor in all of these deadly encounters were those fighting to be in the center of the raft during the stormy weather. By day 8, the strongest men decided to throw the weakest overboard. By day 13, only 15 people were left aboard the raft out of 147. This is when they are accidentally found, finally, and are taken to Senegal. In the end, five more people died, and ten are the final survivors in total. Shockingly, there's another twist. There were 17 men who stayed aboard the ship. 54 days later, the boat was searched, and three men were still alive on the boat. There is also discussion of cannibalism, being out at sea, lacking proper tools and items to utilize for survival. Desperation did lead to the consumption of body parts of those who are already dead. In the end, it was a horrific incident that resulted in consequences to the captain, as well as the man who was to be the governor of Senegal. Viscount Chamoré was charged for his negligence and served a few years in prison. Julien Desiré Schmaltz was to be the governor, and he was stripped of his title. Accounts leaked of this voyage, and with the trials, the scandal became a topic of discussion. It was brought back to light and in a way that was incredibly horrific for many to see in Jerry Coe's depiction that was featured in 1819. I want to take this time now to briefly talk about Théodore Jericho. Jericho was born in 1791 and lived to be 32 years old. He died in 1824. He had a life that involved his own tragedies and drama that rivals any modern-day drama. Jericho had a nervous breakdown in 1819, which is unsurprising when seeing a family history of his grandfather and uncle dying while having mental health troubles. It is interesting to note the mental health theme in his various paintings. Jericho had a series of paintings called Portrait of the Insane that feature people who are representative of real patients of a mental health facility, and the characters in his Raft of Medusa painting are also expressive in their faces of their distress and inner anguish. Jericho had an affair with his uncle's young wife, and this love of his that was scandalous and prohibited led him to closeting himself in his studio with no visitors, shaving his head, and dedicating himself to his new project. His studio is located in Normandy, 
and there he spent time studying body parts from morgues, even going so far as to surround himself with rotting human remains, aside from observing bodies at morgues and hospitals. These were a part of his inspiration in creating the bodies on the raft. He also drew inspiration from real-life survivors. In January of 1824, Jericho died with complications related to tumors developed after multiple horse-riding accidents. It is of note that Jericho was fond of horses and was inspired by them in his early art. Jericho completed his painting in 1819, and it was featured in the Paris Salon, which is featured in the Louvre. The painting is 16 by 23 feet. This is considered a large painting. Paintings with these dimensions that are featured in the Salon usually portray the subjects of a noble or heroic deed. This painting clearly showed the incredibly dark aspects of this true part of history, as well as humanity. It is difficult to be faced with these realities, in particular with such graphic details. The painting continues to reside at the Louvre, suffering from the ramifications of time. Its imposing, shocking, and impressive stature and subject will always affect those who are lucky enough to see it in person, or those who are fortunate enough to have internet to be able to look at the painting, as well as all of the paintings of Jericho. This historical incident will always chill me. There are so many aspects of what happened that can be analyzed and dissected, it can be overwhelming to know where to begin. I certainly was overwhelmed. This incident is a relevant moment in time that can be looked to for examples of the effects of trauma, war, and even safety of individuals. So much can be learned from history, and as the saying goes, history repeats itself. So it is vital that we share history and educate the world about these things that happen, why they happen, and how even in modern times we still struggle with the same issues. The only difference is we have more of an understanding of the world now and have more advanced technology. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and let me know what your thoughts are on this case. You can find any information related to my social media as well as sources in the descriptions. Thank you for listening and take care.